So what are some of the fraud trends and lessons evolving out of some of the health data breaches we've been seeing lately? I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Executive Editor of Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with attorney Lisa Rivera of the law firm Bass, Berry & Sims. So now, Lisa, we've seen some major breaches and security incidents this year in the healthcare sector, as well as other sectors, including the massive data breach at Equifax that affected 143 million individuals. What should the healthcare sector learn from the Equifax breach? Well, the healthcare sector is a huge target for computer hacking, cyber crimes right now, because like Equifax, it has very uh, important individual information that is very difficult to move forward without. For instance, such as like in the Target breach and some of the retail store, when they breach and receive credit card information from an individual, then the credit card number can be changed and you can move on uh, and deal with hopefully whatever short fallout there was from the credit card breach. But when somebody receives or obtains your private information that you use for credit, such as what Equifax had, or in healthcare, your healthcare data information, very personal to you, then there's really no way to change all of that information to move forward and ensure its security. So that's why you're seeing more and more breaches maybe result in issues for individuals or patients even years after a breach occurs because it's the type of private information that you carry with you that cannot be changed. So Lisa, Health Insurer Care First recently filed a petition asking the Supreme Court to review a case filed against the insurer in the wake of a 2014 cyber attack that impacted 1.1 million individuals. CareFirst's petition to the Supreme Court comes after the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia in September granted CareFirst a stay on that court's August ruling that allows plaintiffs to proceed with its punitive class action lawsuit against CareFirst. Now, the CareFirst case has the potential to become the first health data breach case to reach the highest court in the country. Any thoughts about the potential significance of the CareFirst case when it comes to questions related to health data breaches and the kinds of potential harm they cause affected individuals in terms of possible ID and other fraud? Absolutely. It's very important to healthcare providers in the industry. And that's because, of course, the healthcare provider wants to protect its patients from having their information exposed in any situation. But the practical repercussions of a data breach include not only exposure of a person's confidential information, the cost or penalties in not having taken proper action posed by the government that failed to protect the information, so there could be regulatory concerns upon a data breach. And then there's also the potential fallout from lawsuits and class action suits by the individuals who were impacted. And there's been a split among the circuits in this area of the data breaches where some courts have held that there has to be demonstrated actual substantial injury to the plaintiffs in the class in order to be a potential class action member and proceed against the company for damages. For instance, there's one uh, case where we know there was an impact, or at least there was an alleged one, because the information of the victims was used to perpetrate tax fraud and file uh, tax returns using their protected information 
in a fraudulent way that the culprits of the criminal theft of the information were able to personally benefit. And that, of course, impacted those individuals. Others are just simply concerned about having their data and their information out there to be utilized by someone. As I indicated earlier, you know, it's not just a credit card maybe that we're talking about, although that could happen. It's actual, in a healthcare provider situation, much more personal, unchangeable data and information that a person is going to continue on with for years. So being able to utilize that information at any time in the future if someone had it surreptitiously is a real concern. So the circuits were split over whether or not it was enough that there was a threat of substantial injury at some time in the future when one had not yet occurred. So this one is going to go up to the Supreme Court in the Care First case where they're going to talk about what does it mean with whether or not a case has presented substantial harm to the victim of a data breach. What is going to be enough in order to be able to proceed in a class action case against that company? Lisa, as you said, and as we know, when there is a health data breach or any data breach for that matter that affects a lot of people, we often see these class action lawsuits being filed. Are we seeing evidence of ID theft, medical insurance fraud, tax fraud, and other fraud that can conclusively be traced back to particular breaches? Especially since there are so many individuals that have been affected by so many breaches these days, how difficult is it now for plaintiffs to actually be able to prove that any harm that they've suffered is from a particular breach? Well, that's a good question because sometimes you will see, for instance, that a company, if they find that there has been a breach of their information, they have to come forward for various reasons. Um, if you're a healthcare company, you have to come forward because the government requires that you do so as a healthcare provider receiving government funding through the incent through the government's incentive. Then you have to provide certain protections of that information. If you are a healthcare provider and there's been a breach of your clients or your customers' information you have to report that within a certain amount of time, both federally and state. States also have reporting requirements. So sometimes you can reasonably conclude that information that is out in the, in the market of a particular patient or individual could have come from that data breach uh, without having to show some more directly to some source because the company itself has to put that out there. It has to put the information out there that that has happened. And they have to notify those individuals. So that gives them an idea, even if there were potentially other sources for their theft of their information, now they've been notified that this company's had a breach and this person's information is included in the information that was taken. So that's one way to connect it. Another way is sometimes if you see an advertisement, frankly, in, in the dark market or the black market for this kind of information, Sometimes the perpetrator, such as the dark overlord, will actually describe where the information came from. It might list, I hacked into this hospital in a particular state. Sometimes it will even say how it obtained the information. What was the flaw or what was the problem with the system that was in place at that particular provider to indicate how they were able to get in and hack the information. So sometimes it just comes directly from the provider itself that there has been a breach and you as this customer or patient it could potentially be impacted. 
Now, Lisa, you mentioned incentive programs for electronic health records, for instance. Several months ago, electronic health record vendor eClinical Works agreed to a $155 million settlement with the Department of Health and Human Services Office of Inspector General to resolve false claims allegations, including that the company, the vendor, falsely claimed that it met various High Tech Act EHR incentive program certification requirements for its software. And that includes accurately recording user actions such as orders for diagnostic tests that were conducted in the course of a patient's treatment. Now, the vendor has been hit with a separate $1 billion class action suit that alleges patients cannot trust their medical records accuracy in eClinical Works systems due to flaws in the company's software. Any predictions on whether this case has legs? And do you think it's a matter of time before we see similar kinds of lawsuits filed against other EHR vendors related to alleged flaws, including perhaps cybersecurity issues in their products? And why? Well, I do think that there's potential exposure here. Like Equifax, this particular vendor was in the business of this very information gathering and storing of protected and very private personal information. That's what they do. Uh, Same for Equifax. You know, Equifax gathers that information from multiple databases and sources. That's the most private information that an individual consumer can have for purposes of loans and their financial transactions. So they're in the business of doing exactly that. However, I will say that I think that there is some basis for for reasonableness scrutiny here. Uh, When I say reasonableness, I mean a standard that has to attach to sometimes imperfection. So while I I cannot speak to what the vendor's database lacked in terms of security, obviously something went wrong. But if you look at the FTC website, if you listen to HHS OCR talk about what steps are necessary, it requires diligent scrutiny and demonstrable effort for what is the security in place, how it's being monitored, how it's being tested, your risk assessments for how how well you're doing, all of those things are in place, but they do not require perfection. There are some things that a a healthcare provider or someone in the industry like a vendor, there are some things you can control. There are other things that are very difficult to control, such as outsiders, people that are trying to penetrate your account all the time. So I do think that while there may be some exposure with that case, that there is a level of reasonableness that that has to apply to any vendor or holder of that information, what efforts were made. And it's not going to be enough to say that you thought you had certain things in place, that you thought you had certain committees or individuals responsible. Instead, I think there needs to be an ongoing, constant assessment of what those efforts are, where the information is, what those efforts are, and how those efforts are actually working and being implemented. And Lisa, what about healthcare entities that have had disruptions to their patient care services due to ransomware and other cyber attacks? How soon do you think it'll be before we start seeing lawsuits against those entities by patients who claim that they've been harmed? And do you think those kinds of cases will become more common as ransomware and other cyber attacks continue in the healthcare sector? This is uh, on the healthcare provider's radar right now. This is happening with more and more frequency. 
and just to be clear, it's a situation where not only is just someone tried to hack into providers such as a hospital's data in order to steal data, but it's a situation where they lock down the hospital's data and they require and demand money in order to release it. And so there are several dilemmas here, of course, whether or not a hospital is going to simply pay it. A lot of times it's not a lot of money uh, relatively in order to have the information released, such as there was a hospital in Missouri that I think the demand was 20-something thousand dollars. The problem, though, as the FBI points out, is that you don't know if that's going to guarantee that it will be released or that they won't come back for more, and that's exactly what happened there. But, of course, that's the dilemma that a hospital faces or a provider faces if they don't have a separate database that has information uh, accessible to them that wouldn't be subject to that type of ransomware attack so that they could continue their operations by having access to patient records, patient information, so that there's continuity of care. I think that providers run a risk for having that sort of blame leveled against them in a situation where perhaps even with reasonable efforts, an outside bad actor is able to penetrate their system, lock down their data information, and just simply prevent them from providing care to patients. That is a very real and prominent consideration for healthcare providers right now, something that should be on their radar. They should have a team in place right now for the inevitable data breach. And it could be one of several things. It could be the insider issue, and so they should already be training and talking to their employees about that. It could be a ransomware attack, so they should be considering the risk assessment and what they're doing to prevent and to identify any sort of breach of their system and who's using it. And also hacking, such as what you were talking about in a ransomware situation, where they come in and they just lock down the account for cash. So the obvious answer to a ransomware attack is having the option of being able to continue on with your regular patient care business by having a separate system in place that you update frequently enough to capture that information so that you can continue providing continuity of care and then deal with the issue of the ransomware separately. Thanks, Lisa. I've been speaking to attorney Lisa Rivera. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.